Hi everyone, welcome to Understand the Bible. We're going to be looking at Psalm 14 in our Thought for the Week this week and we're thinking about what it means to be a good person. Who's a good person? What, what defines a good person? What does that mean? And I don't know if anyone's ever said to you, I'm a good person or you don't have to believe in God to be a good person. You know, people have said that to me from time to time, but, but what does that really mean? Sometimes people have said to me, uh, I'm a good person, I've never murdered anyone. Like, you know, if, if not murdering someone makes you a good person, then clearly most of us are good people. But is that all it means? Well, the Bible, as you might expect, has something to, to say to this. And it's really important, actually, to think about it. This is Psalm 14. It's a really good psalm for helping us think about what it means to be a good person. So let me read Psalm 14 and then we'll, we'll think about it. Psalm 14. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. To all these evildoers know nothing. They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread. For God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor. But the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel will come out of Zion. When the Lord restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. OK, so we start out uh, saying something which sounds pretty harsh uh, to our modern ears, which is the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And you might think, oh, well, that's a bit harsh on, on atheists or, or people. But in the Bible, the wise and the foolish are, are contrast, they're opposites. The wise is the person who fears the Lord, who believes and trusts in God and believes it's important to obey him. And the fool is someone who does not believe, does not fear the Lord and does not think it's important to obey him. So in the Bible, the wise and the foolish are kind of used just to, as kind of shorthand for those things. Uh, so that's what it means here that the fool says there is no God. He says they are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. There is no one who does good. And they're all corrupt. This is one of the important things to understand about what the Bible says about being good, which is that you know, although there may be some goodness in us, there is no pure goodness, that we've all become corrupt as human beings, that you know, we don't seek God uh, first and foremost. That's a really important thing. And we'll think more about that in a second. And that whenever we do even good things, we don't do them with the right motives. So, you know, you think, for example, about helping an old lady across the road or giving money to charity or whatever. You might do those things for good reasons, but there may be selfish reasons tucked away in there. You know, you do it to kind of um, to help yourself not, not feel guilty, to help, you know, think, oh, actually, I'm a good person. You know, you, you do it because you want to look good rather than be just out of love for the, the other person. And you know, whenever we do even good things, we have mixed motives. And that's what it means here that you know, we may do good things, but none of them are pure good. 
they're all corrupt. And it says, um, the Lord looks down, verse 2, to see if any seek God, but all have turned away, all have become corrupt. There's no one who does good, not even one. So when we turn away from God, that's the point. That's that's the point at which we become corrupt. That you know, I think so often we see goodness only in terms of the things that we do to other people. We don't see goodness in terms of how we treat God. But this is what Psalm 14 says is the most important thing, actually, is seeking God, obeying him and um, walking kind of in relationship with him. That we're not supposed to be autonomous individuals who just live our lives without reference to God. But that we being a good person actually means, first and foremost, loving God and walking with him. And so and this is something which has affected the whole human race, by the way, as it says, no one who does good. There isn't anyone who has actually overcome this, uh, that we've all become corrupt. Now, we're all stained with what, what the Bible calls sin. None of us are good people. And so then verses uh, four to six, it, it talks about what that looks like then, what this sin uh, looks like. And it says, verse four, they devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. So they actually, they, they even act against believers. They even act against people who, who love God and want to serve him. They devour them even. It's like it's intentional. It's like it's premeditated. They devour them, which is why very often that you'll see Christians persecuted. And if you look globally at the world, then Christians are the most persecuted religious group in the world. That's um, sadly is, is the case. And it says they never call on the Lord. They think that God doesn't see. They think that God doesn't care if they even believe in God. And, and they think they can get away with it, that no one is going to hold them to account. But the good thing in verses five and six is that God does protect them. It says, there they are overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of the righteous. Now, evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. So God does, he's there. He is in the midst of his people, of those who, who do believe and trust in him, who fear the Lord, as we were thinking about. God is present with his people. His people are those who do call on him, who recognise their need for him and who seek him, who seek to be obedient to him and to live their lives for him. And so the psalm finishes uh, calling for salvation. Oh, that salvation for Israel will come out of Zion. So God will bring salvation and it's, it's certain. It says when the Lord restores his people. So uh, it's not even an if, it's saying when God restores his people, then we will be glad. So there's a certainty about God uh, restoring and saving his people. So let's draw a few things. I've got four brief things that um, we can draw from, from Psalm 14. The first thing is that uh, none of our deeds are actually good without God. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. None of our deeds are good without God. There's a famous sketch by Mitchell and Webb. And in a part of that sketch, 
David Mitchell's character there playing um, the German German army at the time of the Second World War, I think. And um, David Mitchell's character just says, Hans, are we the baddies? It's a very funny moment, but I think actually there's a an even uh, a more important point for us, which is actually we are we are the baddies. We're all the baddies in a sense that none of us are good people. None of us deserve to get to heaven. None of us deserve um, God's blessings or, or any of those things. We are all corrupt. None of us do, you know, are pure good. But the good thing is the second thing is that the only way to be good is to repent and believe. This is what Jesus called us to in the Gospels. Repent and believe. That's repent to turn away from our sin, to recognise, to admit, to own up to the fact that we are sinful and to believe in the gospel, the good news that in Christ God forgives us and heals us and helps us to lead a new life. This is what it says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21, that uh, he who knew no sin, that's Jesus, was made sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So we can uh, have that righteousness, goodness uh, from God when we believe and trust in the Lord Jesus. The third thing is that we need to expect opposition from people who don't believe. Unfortunately, I, I do see this from time to time that people who you know, they come to church, they start coming to church and they, you know, they enjoy it and, and what have you. It's great, but then they encounter a bit of opposition, maybe from their friends or their family, from people who don't believe in God. Uh, and, you know, that they're, they're surprised and it knocks them. We mustn't be surprised when we encounter opposition because we believe in God, because we believe in Jesus. That at the end of the day, that's a challenge to people and they don't like it. And so we shouldn't be surprised when people oppose us because, uh, because of that, that reason. And the fourth thing, though, and this is a really good thing to finish with, is that God will vindicate us in the end. That even though it may be hard, even though it may be that some of our friends don't like us being a Christian or some of our family, God will vindicate us in the end. Now, all of the taunts or the insults or persecution, whatever we may have to go through, at the end of the day, God will vindicate us in the end. Those who stay close to God, those who stick with him, even through thick and thin, they will be vindicated. They will find God's blessing in the end. They will be the ones who are with him, who actually uh, are with him in the new creation. God will vindicate them in the end. So let's, uh, let's take a moment to pray now and ask for God to help us to be people who uh, admit that we are not good people, but actually come to him and seek his forgiveness. Heavenly Father, we do recognise and admit that we are not a good people on our own strength. And we pray that you would help us to um, confess our sins to you, uh, to be able to see areas of sin in our own lives where we need to come to you and that you would help us and change us and that you would enable us to to be people who fear you and who uh, want to love and serve you every day and to trust that you will vindicate us 
to stick with you even when it's hard. We pray that you would help us now to learn these lessons from Psalm 14 and take them into our week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to go into a bit more detail about Psalm 14, then uh, last year during Lent I did a series called What is Sin? And this was uh, Psalm 14 was session two of that, looking at how sin affects everyone. And um, the link will be down there uh, in the description below if you'd like to, to watch that, that video. Um, also, let me just say, please do have a little look at the website. There's a lot more on the website, uh, the understandthebible.uk website. And finally, please don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you're on YouTube. Um, I still find that the majority of people who watch these videos are not subscribed, so please do um, click on the subscribe button and you'll just get them um, every time that they are, uh, they are uploaded. You can also do the same thing on Facebook if you follow the Facebook page or you like the Facebook page. I'm not quite sure how um, it works on Facebook. You can follow it or like it or whatever, or you can do it on the podcast. The uh, Thought for the Weeks go up on the podcast as well and you can subscribe to that. And the links for all of those things will be down below in the description, so whatever's best for you. Thanks very much everyone for watching. God bless, and I hope to see you again for another session very soon.